Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we can come as your people and worship you by hearing from your word. Lord, we pray that you may be with me as I speak this morning. We pray that you may help me to speak clearly and without error on my lips. Lord, we pray that you may indeed set a guard over my mouth so that I may not sin against you. And we pray that the people gathered here this morning may indeed be edified and built up in the faith as a result of hearing from your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, over the last uh, week or so, I'm sure many of you have received different sorts of presents in many different forms. Uh, We've just celebrated Christmas, and Christmas is indeed a time where we receive lots of gifts. And I'm sure you've been given some gifts that are good, and then some gifts that are not so good. Uh, There's always that risk when you receive presents and when you give presents that you may give a present that is good and a present that is not so good. Well, what makes a good gift? Well, for me, a good gift is one that I can actually use. Books that I will actually read, uh, movie tickets or something like that that I would actually go to the movies. Um, Or for some people, uh, the best gift of all that they would use uh, comes down to being cash. I know some people, that's their kind of gift. Uh, They like it from their parents. They don't like their parents to uh, put too much effort into uh, an idea for them. Simply cash is good enough for them. But we do have that understanding. There are gifts that are good, and then there's gifts that are a bit dodgy. Have you received any other gifts of late? Have you received any gifts that are not Christmas gifts, not Christmas presents? And are they good gifts if you have received them? Well, Peter thinks that you have indeed received some gifts of late. And he talks about that in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. We've been going slowly through uh, 1 Peter, and we've been in chapter 4 for a number of weeks now. And we're up to verse 10, where he says there in verse 10 of 1 Peter chapter 4, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. He assumes there that you have received a gift, whatever gift you have received, it says there in verse 10. And so indeed we have received gifts if we take God's word seriously. But what are we supposed to do with those gifts and what are those gifts? That's what we're going to look at this morning is these gifts that God has given us, which Peter is talking about here in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10. And so I encourage you to have the Bible open to 1 Peter chapter 4 on Black Church Bibles. It's found on page 1203, 1203, verse 10. And my first main point this morning about our gifts is that we're supposed to use our gifts. Use your gifts is my first main point this morning. If you want to see my main points, they're there on the back of the church bulletin. You can follow along as we work through verse 10 of 1 Peter chapter 4 together. We're meant to use our gifts. Use your gifts. Well, what are the gifts that Peter is talking about? To be able to use a gift, to make it a good gift, one that we'd actually use, we have to know what they are. What are gifts? What are the gifts that Peter is referring to? Well, he's talking about spiritual gifts from God. When we hear about charisma, and that's the word that's there in the Greek, these charisma from God, they're any sort of talent or ability empowered by the Holy Spirit And there's different lists of those in the New Testament. At different times, uh, different um, uh, lists are given by the Apostle Paul in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. We have different lists there of the gifts that God has given 
to his people. And so, for example, from those lists, we get prophesying as a gift, serving, teaching, encouraging, contributing to the needs of others, leadership, showing mercy, giving messages of wisdom and knowledge, healing, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, workers of miracles, administration is a gift, and then he gives evangelists, pastors, and apostles. These are all gifts from God. And these are what have been given to God's church. But then I think Peter also wants us to understand that when he talks about gifts here in verse 10 of 1 Peter chapter 4, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, he's also talking about everything that we've received from God. All that we receive from God is a gift. And so that includes our bodies and our time and our energy and all our possessions that God gives us. Why would I say that? Well, of those lists that I already mentioned from Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, none of those lists has every one of those things that I mentioned. They're not exhaustive lists, obviously. And so there's a bit of freedom as to what is a gift from God because there is no one list to end all lists there. And I think here with Peter, what he's just said previously also hints at the fact that he's not just talking about those gifts that are very spiritually uh, sounding like prophesying and, and speaking in tongues and working miracles because what has he just told us to do last week when we looked at verse 9? 1 Peter 4 verse 9 says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. What does offering hospitality require? Well, it requires time. It requires money. And, uh, and so I think Peter is also, when we, he says here, each one should use whatever gift he has received, that includes our possessions, it includes our times, our bodies, which are all good gifts from God. And so all our resources are supposed to be used because God has commanded us to do so. 1 Peter 4.10, each one should use whatever gift he has received. Everything that you have that is good is from God. And you're supposed to make sure it's a good present by the way that you use it. Good presents are the ones you use. And so you're supposed to use those gifts from God. So they were meant to use them all, but who should you use those gifts for? Are those gifts exclusively for you to use? Or do you get to decide who you use those gifts that God has given you? Well, that brings me to my second main point this morning. Use your gifts to serve others. And that's in verse 10 as well. It says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. To serve others. We're meant to serve others with our gifts. Yes, you can use your gifts in different areas. God gives you a lot of things. He gives you a lot of abilities, a lot of resources, a lot of time. And you can use them for a lot of things. But he wants you to use them, not to serve yourself, but to serve others. And from the rest of the scripture, we understand that he's really concerned about us serving others with the gifts in the church, in the local church. And that's what he said back in verse 9 when we looked at hospitality, uh, practicing hospitality. It said, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. We were supposed to offer hospitality first and foremost to the people of God. We're meant to have a special focus on the people of God. The scriptures has that again and again. And the church needs your gifts. Your local church needs your gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the church as an idea of a body. And we need people with different gifts 
coming together and exercising those gifts together because if everybody's a foot and the people who are hands don't actually participate at church, well, then it's a crippled church. It's a church that may be able to walk a lot, but it can't do anything with its hands. And if it doesn't have a mouth, it can't speak. It's a dumb church. It needs people who have the gift of speaking to be able to be there and taking part, while the people who are feet and serve in different other ways, don't have those gifts of speaking, are able to do their job. So the person up the front speaking has the opportunity to be able to speak and isn't off doing other tasks that need to be done. The church needs your gifts. And particularly if the church is a suffering church, which is what I've been saying again and again, the letter of 1 Peter is written to, is to people who are undergoing intense suffering. This letter is all about encouraging Christians who are suffering. And a suffering church really needs support, needs help. And so it's not surprising that Peter would have a verse, like verse 10, in his letter to a suffering church. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Not to serve yourself, but to serve others. The church needs your gifts, and so you must use your gifts for their intended purpose. God has given you gifts, and the purpose of those gifts is what? To serve others, not to serve yourself. So what you're not supposed to do is re-gift your gift. You know, this idea that's becoming more and more common as we've got things like the internet around to advertise our gifts and repurpose them, we cash them in for something else. So you don't like your gift that you got for Christmas, so what do you do? You put it on eBay. And then it gets converted into something else, which is called cash. And then that cash gets converted into something else, which you really would have rather preferred from the giver. You can't do that. You shouldn't do that because it's a big insult to the person who gives you the gift. The purpose of that gift was not for you to put it on eBay, turn it into cash and get something else. The purpose of that gift was for you to use it for yourself often. If they've been given a book, it's for you to read or to read for somebody else. And the purpose that God has given you a gift, all your gifts, is for his church. You shouldn't re-gift it and use it for yourself. It's to be, uh, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. That's the purpose. And so it's a horrible treatment of God as the giver when you re-gift his gift for your own gain. You're saying, yeah, I like what you've given me, but really I think I could use it better this way. And that's a terrible way to treat God. He has said, here's a gift, I want you to use it to serve others. I want you to use it to serve my church. And so you're supposed to do that. So we've seen that we have gifts. We've seen that we're supposed to use them to serve others. Then how are we meant to use them? Are we meant to use them in a particular way? Are we meant to, uh, we're meant to use them to serve others? But there's different ways. There's different levels of ways that we can serve others with our gifts. And so that brings me to my third main point this morning. Use your gifts as good stewards. Use your gifts as good stewards. And that comes from verse 10 as well, although it may be a bit tricky for you to see if you're following along with the NIV like we have in the church uh, pews. It says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Faithfully, Faithfully administering is the way that you're supposed to use your gifts. And another way of translating that, and it's probably closer to the Greek, is what the ESV has. It says, be good stewards. As good stewards, use 
God's, uh, use God's grace in its various forms. You need to be a good steward with the gifts that God has given you. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that you start using your gifts in whatever way you can. You're meant to be faithful with the exercise of your gifts. You're meant to use them whenever you get the chance. A faithful person is a reliable person, and a reliable person uses what they have whenever they can. And so what we need to do if we want to be good stewards of the gifts that God has given us is not sit down and ponder, now, what gifts have God given me? We should look for needs that are at the church and then have a go at fulfilling those needs of saying, well, maybe I have that gift and there's clearly a need there, so I will try to do it. And you often start off in a very small way as a good steward. You're doing something that's in a very small realm. And you see that with someone like Joseph in the Old Testament. He had a marvellous gift of administration. I love the fact that that's in one of those lists, the gift of administration. Um, I'm very much for productivity and admin work. I, I enjoy it to some extent. And Joseph had incredible administration skills. And did he immediately get put front and centre head of Egypt with his admin skills? No. Started off, firstly, in... Uh, as a slave in a house, and then as a prisoner in a prison. He was doing admin there and ended up in charge of the prison and then got put in charge of all of Egypt. And so when it comes to being a good steward of your gifts, you just use them wherever you can. It's not that you sit down and say, okay, do I have this gift and where could I use it to have the most impact? Now you say, well, God has put me here in this place. I'm at this church Now, what are the needs of this church? And can I have a go at doing any of those things and helping out where there is a need? And that's what it is to be a good steward. And I just want to take some time this morning to encourage you as a church that you are indeed good stewards of your gifts. I sometimes wonder whether in my preaching I'm a little bit too harsh and I'm always challenging you and trying to push you uh, further instead of uh, encouraging you more as I should. And I thought this after I preached the sermon last week. Often my best thoughts come after I preach a sermon. And I preached this sermon on hospitality, and I challenged you all, and then I thought, oh, but they do practice hospitality so well at this church. I mean, the fact that we have a church lunch every, every once a month and get together in that way, and, uh, and some people in this church are always having people into their home, and it's a wonderful uh, example of people doing what, um, what he was commanded here in, in 1 Peter 4, 9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. They do it without grumbling. You, you compliment them and they sort of get a bit shamefaced. You know? It's, it's, you know, they do it without grumbling. And it's the same with the exercising of gifts where 1 Peter 4.10 is shown at our church. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. There's so many things that go on at this church, and um, often we get a bit used to all the different things that happen in this church, and we don't recognise how wonderful it is that people are pitching in all the time. And so uh, I just went through many of the different ministries, and I, I'm sure my list isn't exhaustive as to what goes on in this church, which is examples of how gifts are used at this church. There's gifts of teaching at a local level. I mean, you people, you give me a platform and others to speak from so that people are taught, and then you try to learn yourself so that you can in turn teach others. You're hungry for the word here at Des Moines Baptist, which is a marvellous encouragement to me, and then you share what you learn with others. 
And then you, uh, you come along to Bible studies to be taught there and encourage one another. There's a lot more give and take that happens at a Bible study. You can actually be more influential with others uh, at a Bible study in uh, the way that you can speak firsthand about what God is doing in your life and what the Bible says. Uh, we have other Bible classes that people attend, like Explaining Christianity class. I did marriage class uh, for those who are interested in the subject of marriage last year, and people attended that and enjoyed that. We um, People at this church, they love getting taught by things. Things like books as well. We have a bookstore, we have a book library, and people actually borrow from it and buy from it and want to learn. They want to see teaching, gifts of teaching, exercised at this church, but also in the wider community. People of this church want to see gifts of teaching exercised. We support uh, teaching in a wider community by supporting missionary organisations, organisations as a whole, but then missionary families themselves. We have a couple of missionary families that we support. Um, helping pastoral students. We've had two students over the last two years be a part of our church and, uh, and encourage them in their ministry. We support things like Angel Tree, which is a witness of, uh, of Christian love in, in the prisons so that hopefully people can find out more about Jesus. You lend your pastor out to preach at other churches. You've done that a couple of times and you're going to start doing it again uh, later this year. Uh, You have an influence in the Baptist Union and they're trying to teach other churches and other people about, uh, about what is right and true. You support things like the church website, your money goes towards that and so that there is an influence in the wider community as people download uh, things like blog posts and of course uh, podcasts of the sermons and you try to have an influence, you exercise your uh, gifts of service in the political arena as well. We love, you, know, you love signing uh, political petitions, which are often very controversial for some churches to sign, and so they don't really do it. But you, when I came here and started uh, handing things out whenever anything controversial is coming up, you sign those off. You're happy to put your name on the dotted line there and serve in that way. You also exercise gifts of prayer supporting two prayer meetings and personally praying for one another. I know many of you use the prayer diary, which has the members of the church there so that you can pray for them. Gifts of leadership. We have leaders of our church. Some churches are looking around at who's going to lead. Like They don't really know who's in charge at their church, and they're looking for pastors. But we have elders, we have deacons, we have treasurers, we have auditors of the books as well. We have trustees at this church. People exercise gifts of hospitality, as I mentioned before, by welcoming people to church, with church lunches, morning teas. There's always someone there ready to turn on the jug and uh, make sure that happens. And someone bakes birthday cakes pretty much all year round uh, for people of this church so that they can have a birthday cake to blow out and have their birthday celebrated. And that's a wonderful exercise of a gift of hospitality. Gifts of encouragement, people encourage one another at men's and women's meetings by attending them. Young adults meetings happens at this church. Meetings with others individually or in person over the phone. You encourage one another on a regular basis. Gifts of mercy, giving to poor Christians throughout the world. We do that through the work of Barnabas Fund, who support people who are really in dire need. Uh, We help our prisoners and ex-prisoners at this church as well. We've uh, been involved in that kind of ministry. Uh, Gifts of administration. Oh, I'm so grateful for so many of you in the way that you exercise gifts of administration. Uh, things like the PowerPoint that happens week by week, the sound desk up the back uh, with uh, recording of services, uh, preparing bulletins and orders of service, letterbox drops, um, people taking those out, doing that kind of work. Uh, it was amazing at Christmas. We had a letterbox drop and someone in a wheelchair was actually going, putting leaflets in letterboxes, which is an amazing uh, 
example of someone at our church wanting to serve in whatever way they can. Gifts of music are used, gifts of time and money in travelling long distances to make sure that there's a witness here in Des Moines. Many people from outside uh, in this church come from outside the church in uh, suburbs far away. But you give of your time and your money, the expense of coming, you travel a lot further than many people would be willing to travel so that the witness continues here in Des Moines. But uh, so I want to encourage you that, yes, you are indeed doing what verse 10 says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. But I do want to encourage you to get involved further as well. Don't rest on your laurels. Um, I need some help with more corporate prayer. It would be lovely to have more people at prayer meetings. Uh, so we unite in prayer together as we beg God for his mercy on this church and the community and throughout the world. Um, I would love more people to be involved at Bible studies. We're starting a new Bible study group this year. I've made it on the Lord's Day, not your day, the Lord's Day. And so hopefully you will be able to have time on a Sunday afternoon to come along if it's difficult for you to get here through the week because you're at work and things like that, that you may be able to come here on Sunday afternoon. Come along to the Bible study group, not just to be fed yourself, but to exercise a gift of teaching in what you can give to the group as well and help people with as they try to understand the word. Also, pastoral care, um, I need your help with that. It's not just my responsibility to visit people and to encourage them. Uh, you also have a responsibility to do that. And to you can just ring people up, read a psalm with them, just say, I wanted to ring up and just have a chat with you, pray with you, or just say, I wanted to ring up and just pray with you. That would be a wonderful thing that you can do as you uh, try to exercise a gift of encouragement with others. There's also admin work that I can always hand out. I've got a little bit up my sleeve at the moment that I'm doing that could be easily given away. And so if you want to get involved in that way, see me afterwards. And, that's, uh, and that would be a fulfilment of what verse 10 is talking about. But seriously, even though I've got those other things that you can do, the, the exercise of gifts of such a small group of people in our church is indeed miraculous. It's a wonderful miracle that happens here where people use the gifts that God has given them for others, for this church, which demonstrates a wonderful thing about using your gifts, which brings me to my fourth main point. Use your gifts because they display God's grace. And that's in verse 10 as well. It says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. It's only by God's grace that you have any gifts. And so when you use your gifts, you are displaying God's grace in this world and in this church. Gifts exalt the giver. When someone gives you something, they may be saying something about you and how wonderful you are by giving the gift, but it really shows them off marvellously by what they give you. Or if they haven't given you something that's too crash hot, it may bring a bit of disgrace on them. But God's gifts are indeed wonderful gifts. Everything that you've received from God is a marvellous evidence of his grace to you, and he is exalted because of it. And so when you use your gifts, you are showing that God gets the glory. It is God's grace. That is why you're able to do, able to serve in any way and then have the actual motivation to use that gift for God's people rather than for yourself. It makes God very happy to see you use your gifts. Just like any gifts that you've received for Christmas or any, let's say any gifts that you've given for Christmas and then you go around and you see someone actually using that gift in their home. 
That makes you quite happy because you know that they then appreciated the gift and wanted to use it. And it's the same with God. He looks down, he sees all that he's given you. What makes him happy? To see you keeping that gift to yourself and not using it to serve others? He wants to see you use it and he wants to see you use it for its purpose. Be terrible if you went over somebody's place and you'd given them a lovely book and they were using it as a paperweight. And they said, oh, no, I never read it, but it's excellent. Or let's say a doorstop. It's really good doorstop. That's not the purpose I gave you the gift for. And that's what you do when you don't use God's gifts for his people. You're turning it into something else and using it as a doorstop, and it's an insult to him. So you should use your gifts for God's glory because they display God's grace in this world. And if you're not a Christian and you're here this morning, I want to encourage you that you have received gifts from God. God gives different gifts, and we see that in this verse. He says various forms. There's various forms of God's grace given out and various forms of God's gifts. You've received gifts from God, not necessarily the same gifts that God gives the church, like prophesying and teaching and wisdom and knowledge. Although some non-Christians can say some most profound things, even a donkey, Balaam's ass, was able to say some profound stuff. But you've been given lots of grace from God. How are you going to use that grace? Are you going to use it for yourself? Or are you going to repent of the way that you've used God's gifts in the past for your own self, your body and all your energy and time you've used it to exalt yourself rather than God? You need to repent of that and start believing that Jesus Christ died for you and that there is a God and that you are going to heaven because of the work of Christ and that you're going to use his gifts for the purpose he intended. God has been very good to you. He's given you the body that you have. He's given you a mind. I encourage you to use it for his glory and accept the most wonderful gift of all that God has given. What is that? Jesus Christ himself. He gave his one and only son so that you would not have to pay for your sins, but Jesus pays for them instead. Accept that gift from God and use Jesus as the atoning sacrifice that you require for your sins. And then one last motivation to use God's uh, gifts that is also in this passage, but not in the verse. We've seen there's motivation there to use God's gifts because they display God's grace and God's glory, and God is glorified. One last one I just wanted to bring out is at the beginning of the paragraph, because we've got to remember that this verse occurs in a context. Um, it occurs in a paragraph there, and a few weeks ago we looked at this verse, verse 7, the end of all things is near, and what that meant. And then we've seen that that encourages us to do a number of things, the fact that the end of all things is near. And that is an encouragement for us to use our gifts as well. The fact that the end of all things is near in verse 7 ties in with what's said in verse 10. Each one should use whatever gifts he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms, because the end of all things is near. How does the end of all things is near become a factor in using your gifts? Well, there's a parable that Jesus tells about talents, which is really about gifts and how you are to use your gifts for God. And at the end of that parable, in Matthew 25... Jesus says about the master who had given gifts to his servants. He says, his master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. 
One day, the end of all things will come. And according to this, it's near. Now, I don't know how near, but it's near, according to Peter. Could be tonight. And God is going to look at your exercise of your gifts. And he's either, and he, he can say, well done, good and faithful servant, or he's going to say something else. Which do you want it to be? Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. That should be the goal of everyone in this church, to hear those words said to them. And the way to hear those words is by doing what verse 10 says. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So are you using your gifts from God? Are you using your gifts for the church or are you using them for yourself? Are you using your gifts as good stewards? Are you using your gifts for your own glory or for God's glory? Are you using your gifts because you know that the end of all things is near? Let us speak with our God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the precious gifts that you have given us. You have been so generous to us when we consider how sinful we have been toward you. Lord, we pray that we may indeed do what Peter has commanded here, that we would use whatever gift we have received to serve others, faithfully administering your grace in its various forms. Lord, we pray that you may indeed be honoured in this church and throughout the world because of the people of Des Moines Baptist using their gifts. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen.